What up, peeps? It is March 11th, 2021. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. Direct message live from Los Angeles. Although I can't say sunny Los Angeles because it's hailing outside right now. That's right, we are in the midst of uh, at least one of the 10 plagues. I'm pretty sure there's a couple others going on. Was homelessness one of the 10 plagues? Was rampant drug use and horrible traffic and roads that are crumbling? Were any of those uh, part of the 10 commandments? Because we're in the midst of it right now. And I think God is sending a message to our dear leader, Gavin Newsom, who's being recalled, people. It's pretty spectacular. Over 2 million signatures. We only needed 1.5. And in five days from now, 3-16-2021, that was the last date to get all the signatures. Things are looking good. I'm feeling good about it. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, As always, just a quick reminder to click that subscribe button and that notification bell so you see our videos. And as you know, we are live five days a week at 11 a.m. Pacific, which it's 11 a.m. Pacific right now. So that's The proof's in the pudding, people. Uh, We are doing a QA and a right now uh, from our Rubin Report Locals community. We got over 200 questions, I think, so we just grabbed whatever we could. I did a quick scan of them, and uh, we got some politics, we got some lifestyle, we got some fun stuff, some silly stuff. We'll get to all of that. Uh, I did want to do one story up top before we get to it, because as you guys probably know, the jury selection for the George Floyd trial or the trials actually, obviously, for the police officer accused of murdering George Floyd, um, is happening right now. I was actually on Newsmax this, Newsmax this morning with Alan Dershowitz, who's obviously the Harvard Law professor and one of the most esteemed legal experts in the country, talking about the specifics of the trial. And one of the interesting things that's happened is that Attorney General Keith Ellison, who is a really far-left, sort of crazed progressive, who you may remember had once put a picture up on Twitter uh, with an Antifa book. So this is a guy, he's telling you what he believes. He's now the attorney general of, uh, of Minnesota. And he actually was almost the head of the Democratic National Party. He, got, he missed it by like two or three votes or something. Um, but in essence, he now is going for a third degree murder charge. And what's happening is you can sort of see that this whole thing is being set up. So he's gonna get acquitted basically of third degree murder because third degree murder without getting too much into all of the specifics, but you should do a little Googling on your own. In essence, third degree murder is like if you drove your car intentionally into a crowd of people to kill a lot of people, or you started firing into a crowd intentionally just maiming people. First degree and second degree, that's probably what's more applicable in this. But Keith Ellison is throwing that third degree charge in there in a way, in my estimation at least, because he wants riots and he knows that this will make it harder to convict. And thus, when he doesn't get convicted of all of the things, even if he gets convicted of first degree and second degree murder, which probably will happen, if he doesn't get convicted of third degree, that will be the excuse for the violence. And it is my belief at this point that the progressive wing of the Democratic Party wants violence. They want there to be mayhem. Those are their foot soldiers. Um, So I saw this video uh, yesterday and we thought it was worth playing and then we'll get into as many questions as possible. There is an autonomous zone. Remember the autonomous zone up in Seattle where laws don't apply and people are not allowed in unless the autonomous zone people let you in and people get murdered there and a whole bunch of bad stuff? Well, they've got one now in Minneapolis. Let's take a look. 
This area behind me uh, is the George Floyd Memorial. This is where George Floyd was killed back in May. Take a look. Um, these barricades have been set up by, uh, by protesters and supporters of the movement. Uh, they don't allow anyone in, not even the police. It's called an autonomous zone. Uh, and you're going to be in a bad situation here in a second. Oh, I thought if we were on this side of the barricade. You're going to be in a bad situation in a second. What do you mean by Because you've been situation? calling out for what you are and you need to get out of here. Please go. We know, know what you are. You need to get in your car and go. We're just media. I don't give a f who you are. You've been called out for who you are. You need to get in your car and go. It's very tense near the memorial, and a militant-style group has closed off several blocks with barricades. All right, so that video is from News Nation Now, and let's just be clear about something. Those two people that are wandering around the autonomous zone pretending that they're kings or whatever they are, they should be arrested, and anyone there that is in there that is taking over a street, not letting police officers, not letting police officers? I mean, how does that even make sense? Even that, that very statement that police aren't allowed there. Like, this is stuff that happens in third world countries that are run by gangsters. This is not stuff that is supposed to happen in the United States of America. That is happening in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, right now. And we just sort of sit there and we watch it and we go, oh, oh I guess that's kind of okay. So already, Keith Ellison, the Attorney General, of Minnesota, he already is in dereliction of duties, in, in my humble opinion, and I suppose probably in legal opinion as well, right? Like he should be sending his police in there and saying to these people, well, we're arresting you because you can't just set up your own autonomous zones. You can't just set up your own places with your own laws in a city in the United States of America. But I don't think progressives really believe in law and order, right? Well, they'll believe in it once they put everybody away in the gulags and then, you know, they silence everybody else. But in essence, we are already saying the laws of the United States don't matter. That's what's happening in Minneapolis right now. It ain't good, and I think you're gonna see, but clip this video, even my haters that are watching this, and I know you're there from Media Matters and Vox and Daily Beast, and you're just waiting for me to say something, but you can clip out of context. Uh, mark my words that when he gets acquitted of the third degree murder situation, that there is going to be mass violence and that's exactly what Keith Ellison wants. That, that is my belief. I hope, I hope and pray to God that I'm wrong. I really do because I don't want political violence unlike most of you people, but that's the situation that we find ourselves in. All right, guys, before we get to the Q and A, I wanna talk to you guys about Raycon. As you guys know, about once a year, I like to go off the grid for the month of August. It is once a year, actually. But as you can imagine, unplugging is easier said than done. And what about the other 11 months of the year? I still need my time away from screens and devices. As you know, I try not to tweet on the weekends. Uh, fortunately, by putting in my new Raycon wireless earbuds, I have found a way to reset my eyes without missing the important content I need to do my job and live my best life. Whether you're catching up on Ruben Report episodes, listening to the audiobook version of Don't Burn This Book, which I read myself, or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. These things are seriously super, super clear. With no dangling wires, or stems, Raycons come in a range of stylish colors and always with a comfortable in-ear fit for a more discreet look. Raycons are built to perform anywhere and anytime with water and sweat resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly. And with enough battery life for six hours of playtime, you can unplug for a while. The best part, Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half the price of other 
premium audio brands. That's right, they're cheaper than Apple earbuds. Raycon's offering 15% off all of their products for my listeners, and here's what you gotta do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash Ruben. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash Ruben, buyraycon.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, guys. So we got a ton of questions. I told my guys to mix it up. I did a quick scan, but I haven't even read all these. We're doing them on the fly. So here we go. Jeremy says, what is your prediction for the timing of when the mainstream media and the left turns on President Biden and forces him to resign. This is a, uh, to resign. This is a great question because you know I've been saying how you know if you watch YouTube shows, if you're on Twitter, if you listen to podcasts, it's like basically everybody knows something is severely wrong with Joe Biden. And as I always preface uh, every time I talk about this, I take no pleasure in that. But there is something obviously cognitively wrong with the. President of the United States. At this point, I would argue, and I think anyone sensible would argue, it's probably a national security threat at this point, right? He often doesn't know where he is. He forgot the name of the defense secretary the other day. Then he forgot that the defense secretary works at the Pentagon. What do you call that that, that outfit over there? He mumbles through a lot of things. He mixes up words. Sometimes he not, he's not sure where he is. All of this stuff. Okay, so it's a massive, massive scandal except we seem unable to talk about it because they won't talk about it on CNN or anywhere mainstream. Why is the New York Times, why has nobody written anything anywhere yet? So if you're one of the blue anon people, right? You're just sort of a blue-pilled person that only pays attention to mainstream. You may not know it, you may not see it because if you're not online, you wouldn't see all of these clips that go viral. So then we have this reality war where some people see reality as it is, because they see these clips, and then some people only see the filtered version that gets to them through mainstream media. So I think there's two things here. There's two ways that this can basically go down. Either he's gonna have like a sort of full breakdown publicly where you know the teleprompter goes out and he just genuinely has no idea where he is or what he's doing. And, and it's, by the way, gotten pretty close to that. I mean, the other day when he forgot the name of the Pentagon and, and his defense secretary, you know, he's reading off a teleprompter. It's not like they just let him go out there and talk. So, you know, if if the prompter breaks down or he can't read it or whatever it is, something is going to happen where it will become so obvious that then people will have to step in. But actually, I think this second one is the one that will be uh, probably more realistic in terms of happening or probably will happen first, I would say, which is that the pressure will become too much to bear for someone in on the conspiracy, right? Because everyone knows it. Dr. Jill Biden knows it. She is basically abusing her husband at this point. Barack Obama knows it, Hillary Clinton knows it, all of the staff knows it, and they all know it and they're all keeping a secret. And the thing is you cannot keep a secret like that for too long because as it starts leaking out more and more, and as their friends and family, I'm talking about the staffers and all that, say, hey, is something wrong with the president? How's your boss? Like, something's up. Like, somebody will start leaking it, and then once it starts leaking, because someone's gonna wanna get ahead of the story, right? Because my guess is actually people will end up in jail. Like, this is a scandal. This is a true scandal. Um, that, that basically people will wanna get ahead of the story. They will wanna be like, hey, I was the one trying to tell people, you know, there was something wrong with the guy. And you know we had to do something, so I will break the story, and then they'll write something in the Washington Post or something, or they'll be interviewed by by somebody, probably Tucker Carlson on Fox News or something like that. So I don't know how long it's going to last. My guess is it, this can't go on probably much more than six months from now. 
Um, but you know, the machines got away. The swamps got away of protecting its own and they can hide him and he still hasn't done a press conference and he didn't do a State of the Union and all that stuff. So, so we shall see. Uh, Lance says, if Trump runs in 2024, do you believe DeSantis is the running mate or Abbott of Texas? My gut feeling is Trump is done running. I think he probably is enjoying life right now you know, one of the things he's been doing, he's been kicked off Twitter, so he can't tweet, but he's been releasing these very, very short sort of Twitter style press releases that then people pick up and put on Twitter. It would actually be hilarious. I mean, if I was Trump at this point, if Trump, Don, if you're watching, I would be, you should be releasing 10 press releases a day. Just like treat press releases fully like Twitter and just have regular people just be promoting your stuff on Twitter all day long. Are they gonna kick everybody off Twitter? Maybe they will. I mean, honestly, maybe they will. Um, but I suspect that Trump likes the sort of outsider thing. I, I think in a certain way, he's better suited to be an outsider. And I discussed this the other day, but if you take a guy like DeSantis, who I would vote to be president in no time, right? I would love for this guy to run, okay? Not only I think he's got the right ideas and didn't destroy Florida in the midst of the pandemic, I think he's 48 or 49 years old. We need some young blood in there. He's shown that he's willing to stand up to the system, but is he willing to go all the way and fight them the way Trump did? That takes a, a particular type of firebrand. It takes a particular type of wiring. And I don't think everyone has that. So what to me, Trump should be doing is I'll be the bad guy. I will fight all the fights so that you guys can be somewhat respectable because you know, a ton of people, ton of people that I know personally and, and in comment sections and emails and everything else would always say, you know, I've really come around on Trump on the policy stuff and I get he's fighting the media a lot, but it's just it's just the personality stuff, it's the, it's the grabbing by the pussy, it's, it's all that stuff that I can't get over. So if Trump can sort of act like the bad guy, which he's already framed to be, and then help some of the quote unquote more respectable people get in, that, that seems better. The one thing I could maybe see him doing, and I mentioned this the other day, someone said this to me in Florida, was uh, that Trump could maybe run for governor of Florida, have Ron DeSantis then run for president. That maybe seems like something, but I suspect he's probably just gonna do it from the outside. Uh, Kathleen says, with all the changes at Disney Plus regarding Dumbo, Peter Pan, Aristocats, et cetera, do you think that Disney will now require Donald Duck to wear pants? Great question, Kathleen. You know, yesterday we covered this story how uh, Disney, a few months ago, it didn't, it didn't get uncovered until the last few days, but they moved Dumbo, Peter Pan, Aristocats, which yesterday on the show I called Aristocrats, which is a very, very different movie than Aristocats, um, and Swiss Family Robinson. They moved them from the children's section on Disney Plus to the adult section, which is just crazy at so many levels. It's not censorship. It has nothing to do with the First Amendment. But just like this idea that a child shouldn't be able to select Dumbo because they're gonna see the birds and then suddenly become racist. I mean, it's just completely idiotic. Uh, but your question, do you think Disney will now require Donald Duck to wear pants? I mean, I know you're being funny, but like they're going to come for everything. Um, I was getting an illegal haircut this morning. My girl may even be in my house right now. Hopefully the stormtroopers don't show up and knock down the door while I'm on air. Um, and my girl said to me, she said, uh, well, what about Miss Piggy? Because Miss Piggy, was basically sexually accosting and physically abusing uh, Kermit the Frog all the time, right? Kermit wasn't really into Piggy. Piggy was beating the crap out of him. She beat the crap out of a lot of people. You know, I'm pretty sure she raped him at some point. Like there was definitely something going down there. We didn't see it all on, on air, but like, you know, they've got to come for everything. What, whatever it is you love, 
You love the show Cheers in the 80s. You love the show The Jeffersons in the 70s. You loved whatever, whatever it is. You loved Friends or Full House or whatever show came out yesterday. This thing is here to destroy everything. And I, you know, a few people have been saying this online, but I, I have come around to this. Get physical copies of things because just wait till they just start deleting all sorts of things and deleting people's Apple accounts and deleting your cloud storage and all the movies you've bought and everything else. It's kind of funny. Like we all had a friend that had like a huge DVD collection and it's like, what do you have all that crap for? Well, that guy's gonna be sitting on a pile of gold once they start getting rid of everything else. Freedom Fan says, who's your favorite founding father and why? You know, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but I would say Thomas Jefferson and I, there's arguments to be made for all the founding fathers in many ways. I think my, my personal preference to TJ is that when I was a kid, I was probably about 11, 12 years old, we went to Monticello, that was his home in Virginia, and it's, an, it's a phenomenal estate, and they give you a tour, obviously, and you see uh, you know, his bedroom and his writing room and just the, just the, the, the full, uh, the full estate and how wonderful it is and, and just, it's, and it's also just gorgeous there. Um, so I had like this attachment to Thomas Jefferson when I was a kid. I've been there many, many times, probably about eight times over the years. And you know, when they give the tour, they talk about the complexities of a man that was a slave owner also writing the laws that freed the slave. They don't deny that he most likely had relations with at least one slave, um, which by modern definition, I mean, you can't own a person thankfully, but if you were to own a person and have sex with them, that would be rape by modern standards. But we're all just people of our time. That's not an excuse for anything. It just is what it is. But they address it very honestly and forthrightly. Um, they show you his desk, like his writing desk, which is just really great. And there's just something about, because I've been around it as a kid, like it just sort of like got into me about Thomas Jefferson. And I would say the other thing about Thomas Jefferson is that if you're ever allowed to go to DC again, I know it's like a military compound right now, and there's just nobody on the streets there. And you may remember I was there what, about two months ago? Yeah, I was there in December, and I did a video with Kyle Kashuv walking around DC, and it was deeply depressing because you only saw homeless people on the streets. And this was before the January 6th incident where now they've just put barbed wire everywhere and fencing everywhere and everything else. But if you ever make it back to our nation's capital, uh, the Jefferson Memorial, which is a little off the beaten path, you know, everyone goes to the Lincoln Memorial, they go to uh, the Washington Memorial, they go to the, uh, all of, the, all of the main stuff that's in just the main mall there with the, with the water and everything. But the Jefferson Memorial is a little off the beaten path and it's just spectacular. It's just spectacular. You know, obviously they've got the big concrete version of, of Jefferson, but they've got some of his writing on the wall. I, I've posted it on Twitter a couple of years ago. It's just, it's just great. Uh, Anya says, it looks like there will be a recall of Gavin Newsom. What do you think the actual chances are of electing someone better? So this is the million dollar question. The recall is gonna happen short of the deeply corrupt Democratic machine here in California just eliminating thousands, hundreds of thousands actually, hundreds of thousands of votes, right? Because as I said before, we now know we have over 200,000. There's been an independent audit where they're saying over 1.8 million of those check out. We only needed 1.5. We've still got five days to keep getting more votes. People have had it with him. Uh, you may remember the other day on the show, I, I read this tweet from uh, foolish old socialist Bernie Sanders who's saying that this is, this is radical right wingers that are doing this. And, and no, it's regular people who wanna go back to work and go back to their restaurants and go back to the gym and all of that. It's people who are mugged by progressive reality, you old buffoon. Um, so look, the, my guess is the recall happens but your question is the actual chances of electing someone better. So this is where California, 
I don't know, I always say, maybe it's just the nice weather, although it's hailing out today, uh, that people are sort of fried mentally here. And they don't seem to realize that they keep voting in the very people who raise their taxes and who destroy the education system and who increase the levels of homelessness and drug use on the streets and all of those things. So. My hope is some good people will run. My hope is maybe Adam Carolla runs. My hope is Rick Grinnell runs. Are they electable? I don't know. But I would, at this point, short of like an, a, an out and out, like avowed communist, I think anyone would be better than Gavin Newsom. He is the exact type of entitled millionaire politician who must go away. He's like Andrew Cuomo. You gotta go home now. Actually, you don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here. You gotta get out of here. Uh, Farah says, when you have kids, will you homeschool them? Um, so as you guys know, we are working on kids. I, I mentioned a few weeks ago that our, our surrogate did have a miscarriage. It's, it's a whole process. Life works in, in weird ways, obviously. Um, but we are, we have started the process again. I don't want to talk about it too much now because I don't want to get, uh, put the, the cart ahead of the horse here. Um, but will, will we homeschool them? Well, I can promise you this. There is no way in high hell that I will send them to public school or even private school here in California. My, my feeling is we got to recall this guy. And if we don't, then maybe I just got to get going, but I want to stay here and fight as long as I can. And when we did our live meetup for our locals community last week, we had about 100 people at a bar in LA. Everybody was begging me to stay. Um, I will not raise kids here around this lunacy. I, I just simply won't. I, I would, why would I bring a child into this world to, to be brainwashed, to believe all of the things that are completely against the things that I believe and the things that I fight for? So um, it, that's not to say that there aren't any decent private schools and charter schools here in LA. There are a couple. Most of them are religious-based. Um, but I think homeschooling is becoming more and more of a norm that makes sense to a lot of people because, you know, I wrote about this in Don't Burn This Book, but one of the last things that allowed me to say, hey, I, I am still a liberal, I'm still an old school liberal, is that I did believe that there was some role for the state in public education. But now that it has been wholly infected by the disease, the mind virus that is social justice, I just don't believe that anymore. So I think we probably would homeschool them. Or my hope is that there will just be more and more charter schools and small schools popping up all over the country and that that will be uh, a better way because uh, I don't, you know, I'm on a show here. I can't have children screaming all day in the house. Uh, Jay Pete says, with the onset of Daily Wire jumping into entertainment and the creation of social media tech like locals, could we be seeing a subtle shift back to some kind of balance or has sanity lost its foothold forever? So first off, what The Daily Wire is doing by creating movies now, actual content going in a direction like Netflix is phenomenal. Candace Owens is launching a new live talk show, live studio audience talk show, old school, Sally Jesse Raphael style. Uh, in I think next week or in, in two weeks or so, I'm, I'm sure I'll be a guest on at some point. I can't wait to get down to Nashville and, and just do a show with live people. And Candace is wonderful and I have no doubt she'll be a great, gracious host. Um, so they're going into not only movies, you know, they brought Gina Carano on after the whole ridiculousness at Disney Plus that we referenced before. Um, so they're gonna make movies, they're gonna make more talk shows, live studio audiences, all of those things. Then there are tech companies like Locals where we're building the tech so that you guys, so that everybody, everybody has the tools to get off big tech. If you are sitting only on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, and you don't have some off ramps and you don't own some of your stuff, have a server in your house or have backup 
of your stuff or or if you're a creator of any kind and you don't own your audience uh, information, contact information, if you don't own your data, you know, if you just, if you're just a regular YouTube creator and the only, you edit your stuff and then you upload it to YouTube and you're using that as storage, you're, you're gonna be screwed one day. So I think that there are a lot of reasons to be hopeful for the future because people are building things. It still ain't gonna be easy. There's problems with Amazon servers. There's problems with the Apple App Store and Google Play Store and all of those things. Like we know all of those things exist. Uh, but I believe in the human mind. I just fundamentally believe in the human mind. Uh, Brian Savage says, it's Aristocats. Yes, I addressed that earlier. I called it Aristocrats, which is a very funny movie, but very different than Aristocats. Uh, Sonoma Lady says, since the governor shut everything down because he had emergency powers, and now that there isn't any emergency, because as everyone sees, the numbers have dropped like a rock, why isn't everything opening back up? This is a great question, Sonoma Lady, and uh, you mentioned emergency powers. Can we put up an image of Emperor Palpatine? And as you remember, Emperor Palpatine, what happened? What did Emperor Palpatine do? Well, I've got the exact quote here because you know after he got into that incident with Mace Windu and the whole shebang, he said in this very uh, image here, that what he was saying was, in order to ensure the security and continuing stability of the Republic, we will be reorganized into the first galactic empire. The reason I mention all of this is because once politicians have power, they want more power. That's why the Star Wars prequels are good because it's all about accumulation of power. You create a war, you create a crisis, you create a pandemic, and then you get more power. Our wonderful politicians now with this $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill that has almost nothing to do with COVID relief and they're gonna give some of us back $1,400 of our own money. Uh, none, they, they like the power. Then they give you your money back and you go, thank you, thank you. This is what we have to understand. Palpatine got it. Palpatine got it. You create crises to accumulate power. And remember what he said right before that, a little bit earlier in the movie, he was saying once this, uh, once this, what was it? Once this disaster? No, he once this crisis. I think he says once this crisis is abated, I will put down these emergency powers that you will have given me. Guess what? He didn't. He didn't put them down. And then about what was it? About twenty years later, uh, Luke had to throw him into a pit. And then he ended up coming back. And then there were some crappy movies about that. But you get my point. The reason that they don't put their power down is because if you're in politics, you like power. You like power. All right, let's move on. Let's let's skip that next one. Uh, I already did Star Wars. Enough Star Wars, people. <coughs> Excuse me. If you had to assign yourself and your team to Seinfeld characters, who would you be and why? Um, boy, geez. Uh, you know, I think. Well, I guess I would be Jerry in that. You know, the idea of Seinfeld was there was this like crazy world with this with these crazy characters and Jerry was just trying to sort of stay sane in it. Like he was using comedy to like relate to the world in a way that made him seem sane and there were just like a bunch of odd characters in it. David absolutely loves Elaine. So I would say David would be Elaine and I will be Jerry. Um, uh, Russell 44 says, will there be a Ruben meetup with pets? I love this idea. Clyde would love to meet people. And often when I'm walking Clyde now, Clyde gets recognized more than I do at this point because I got a freaking mask and 
sunglasses and a hat and I look like I'm about to rob a bank. Um, so everybody wants to meet Clyde. We are doing a meetup in Orange County in OC sometime soon. I'm in touch with Chef Andrew Gruel. We're gonna do it at one of his Slapfish locations. We're trying to figure out all the specifics. I, I got a little bit of family visiting the next week or so. We're, we're gonna put this together probably, I would say in the next, within the, within the next month. Let's see, and also because you know things are opening up, so we'll be able to do things indoors. Imagine human beings gathering indoors to eat food and drink drink and laugh. What a world, what a world indeed. Uh, the Zone says, what are a couple of your non-negotiables? I like this question because I quickly glanced at it and I was like, well, it depends which way you're asking me. Non-negotiables, so you mean just sort of in, in life, just like in life. I would say, in terms of like the type of people I like being around, I'll do, I'll do it this way for you. So, you know, the last year has been pretty bananas, not only because, you know, I released a book and, and the show's gone well and all that kind of stuff, but, but building locals and getting into the tech world, like I'm spending more time in that world now than I am in this world in a certain way. Like I just added another, another job and another career into the mix of it. And I can tell you this, when I've been fundraising, when, when we've been talking to tech people, I love people who are doing things and just make decisions and go with it for better or worse. Now, you're gonna make some mistakes along the way when you do that, but I can tell you we're in the midst of fundraising right now and we'll, we'll have some announcements uh, by the end of the month, I think in about two weeks from now, some like great stuff is happening, really, really great stuff. And I wish I could tell you now, but I just can't. Um, but what I can tell you is when you go into these meetings with people, people who have gajillion dollars and you're telling them, well, this is why we wanna raise the money because we wanna put this much towards tech and we wanna put this much towards customer acquisition and all that stuff. And by the way, with locals right now, we have put zero, 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 that's not a white supremacy zero, that's just a regular zero. Uh, we put zero dollars into advertising. Everything that we've done with locals in essence has come from me and then we've brought on great people like Scott Adams and Greg Gutfeld and Tulsi Gabbard and then they promoted amongst their own networks. But we've really, you know, we've done it in, in many ways in a reverse way than most big tech companies do. Most big tech companies get gajillion dollars from huge VCs and then they just pour money into everything. We've actually focused on building a good product first and now we're trying to raise money to get it to the next level. But what I can tell you is this, I've been in meetings where there's a lot of people, they just wanna hear themselves talk, they love meetings and you're in Zooms with 18 boxes and heads and everybody's just pontificating. What I like, and I've had a few people like this, um, that you get into a meeting with them and it's like within a minute, they're like, all right, I'm in, what do you need? What do you wanna do? Here's how I can help, blah, blah, blah. Like, I like people with like vision and that don't wanna bullshit and just make something happen. You know, it's, it's ironic, I suppose, at some level, like I'm so sick of people just talking. And I get that, I'm an interviewer and I talk for a living, but like the talking about talking and let's talk about the next meeting we're gonna have and let's talk about our feelings and all of these things. Like I like people who do, not people who talk. You can talk and there's some value in it for sure. And free speech is important, okay. Uh, but I like people who do, and I can't wait to just tell you all about the things that we've got coming, because they're great. Uh, Chris says, Dave, as a fan of the Golden Girls, what are your thoughts on the one season of the Golden Palace? Oh, Chris, it's a, it was a disaster. I actually once went, so first off, for those of you who, who don't remember this, the Golden Girls was on NBC um, for seven seasons, and then when it went off the air in May of 1992, uh, then it was reborn as the Golden Palace on CBS in the fall of that year. 
B. Arthur who played Dorothy, she left, and then it was the other three ladies, and then they added Cheech Marin uh, as a chef, and they added Don Cheadle as like the front, the, the hotel manager, and the Golden Palace was a hotel, and basically Blanche and Rose and Sophia ran a hotel. Uh, there was only one season of it. It's horrible. It's, it's so, it's on YouTube. I have tried to watch it. We still watch Golden Girls all the time on Sundays. We watch a couple episodes. Golden Palace, it's just terrible. I actually once went to USC and they were doing a little talk about the Golden Girls and they had Betty White there and a couple of the Golden Girls creators and uh, which, which guy was it? Tony Thomas, who was I think one of the original producers. Somebody asked him about the Golden Palace and he goes, ugh, that the show. And it was just, it was just a nightmare. They, they didn't know what they were doing. Why did you have these old ladies running a hotel? And also uh, this sort of gets to the question about Seinfeld earlier. What a good sitcom needs is you need like the sane character sort of in the middle because then that lets all the crazy people do all the crazy stuff. And, and Dorothy, who is played by B. Arthur, who references some classically liberal principles in the uh, Golden Girl show, she was sort of the center of the show. So once you removed her, then you had just a bunch of crazy people. You, you know, you had the slut and the idiot and the old lady, but you were missing like sort of the meat of the show. So Golden Palace was absolutely terrible. Uh, Margot says, are you gonna adopt any more critters? Ah, there's been an ongoing debate in this house about getting another dog. Now, first off, as I said, we're working on expanding the family of humans first. So we're putting, you know, most of our energy is there. Clyde is a little nutty. Clyde, he loves to jump on people. Uh, he loves to chew literally anything and everything. We've had him trained a little bit. Turned out that the trainer was a social justice warrior. Literally, <laughs> the trainer, you would not believe this. Like, I don't know how, I, I don't think I've mentioned this on the show. The trainer, we get the trainer. We got Clyde in around April, right? Like right as the lockdowns were beginning. So right about a year from now, maybe it was March even. And I think I've told this where, uh, I heard that these, uh, all the shelters were gonna have to put down the dogs and I just ran there and we weren't ready to get a dog yet because Emma had just passed away. I was also supposed to be on a book tour. We wanted to take a break, probably not get a dog till the fall. But then I was like, I'm just not gonna let all these dogs be killed. I saw Clyde, he was, they already had a paper signed. He was gonna be killed later that day. Grabbed Clyde. Anyway, we get him trained. The trainer then, who it was very obvious, like we kind of didn't see eye to eye on life. Uh, he decided his Clyde's last week of training, which I guess is where they tr teach them everything because he didn't teach them that much in the few weeks before. Um, he's like, he called us one day and he was like, oh, I, I can't, I'm not gonna train him anymore because I'm gonna be spending my time going to the Black Lives Matter rallies. And the way he said it was like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, like I was supposed to be like, oh, you're such a great person. You're not gonna do your job anymore and go ahead and do that because that, that's more important. Anywho, um, Clyde is nutty and he's got a ton of energy and he's part boxer and boxers are known for just endless energy. And you know, boxers are known also because they're always punching, right? Boxers are always doing this. So he jumps. So every time I enter the house, he jumps and then he tries to punch my balls. So he's always going after the balls. It's a height thing. I don't know if it's directly to the balls, but, but so I've been kicked and punched in the nuts a lot over the last year, more than the average person, for sure. And uh, we got to deal with that. So maybe we'll get another dog, uh, you know, I don't know, we'll see. Kevin says, my brother-in-law thinks that the insanely woke cancel culture storm is just a blip and insists there are simply too many regular people in America who merely want the left, who merely want to be left alone to live their lives and follow their dreams for the storm to continue. I want to believe him, but should I? Um, I think he's right. 
at some level and wrong at some level. So I think he's right in that I think 80% of Americans are live and let live. I think the vast majority of us um, are okay having some political differences. I think most people don't care what you do in your bedroom. I think most people, if you, if you act decently and honestly, I think most people wanna let you live your life and that's just great and that's the way it's always been. The flaw in that argument is that there is an ever-growing brainwashed group of young people and really bad people up top, the leaders of BLM, of Antifa, of the progressive movement, who want to get into every part of your life. And this is the challenge. This is the challenge for anyone that's liberty-minded in any way. I just wanna live and let live. I just wanna own what I own, I wanna live my life, and I don't care what you do. Well, okay, that's great if the other guy is willing to agree to that. But if the other guy is always, but I want more of your stuff. I wanna tell you more how to live. I wanna indoctrinate your children. All of these things. Well, now we got an asymmetry here that needs to be dealt with. So the problem is that even though he's right, that most people, most regular people, his words, most regular people wanna be left alone. If you've got this ever moving monster, this mob that is looking to destroy all of our past, destroy all of our art and comedy and cartoons and history and take down monuments and all of that stuff, well then our, our sort of live and let live attitude isn't the thing that's gonna stop it. So the thing that's gonna stop it is we all gotta get braver and speak up about it. So I think he's, I think he's right and wrong and hopefully he's willing to get in the game as well because just sitting there quietly ain't gonna fix it. Uh, Char says, Dave, do you actually have time in your schedule to read any of the books you refer to on your show or do you have your team summarize? I have six or seven books in my queue daily and I barely have 20 minutes, uh, including uh, Don't Burn This Book, much less time to write your next book. You must be Superman if so. Um, so I'll be totally honest with you. When I started the interview show five, six years ago, I used to read every single book like cover to cover and that's how I would conduct every interview. I can't do that anymore. I simply don't have the time. Not only am I, I'm working on my second book now, um, but Locals, as I said, has sort of taken over my life. We've got so much more going on here. We've got several businesses and employees. I also have to be able to enjoy life. At, you know, I, I love what I'm doing, but I mean, I also have to be able to take a break every now and again and everything else and can't be like just constantly running on more political stuff, more political stuff, et cetera. So I don't read all the books. You know, as an interviewer, I would say sometimes you wanna read everything in the book and sometimes you don't. I think sometimes knowing a little bit less is better. So for example, the interview that I did with Jordan Peterson two weeks ago about Beyond Order, you know, he's got, he's got 12 more rules in there. I, I did not, well, first off, I only got the book a day before. Um, so timing wise was gonna be tough. But I felt, you know, if I go in with a little bit less because I know Jordan so well, so I know a little bit about each of these 12 topics and then I can sort of just hand it to him to, to curate everything that goes on in those chapters, I felt that was the best way to do it. Sometimes you really wanna know more. So every now and again, I'll read a couple chapters. Sometimes I'll read the full book. Sometimes I don't really have a chance to read much of anything and Michael will, will summarize it for me. It's a mix of everything and I try to do it, I try to do it in a responsible enough way that I know enough. Um, but you know, I would say that, that you know, most interviewers probably don't read any of the stuff. Uh, and the amount of books, trust me, if you, one day we should just give away a ton of books, right? We have, so, we have so many books, so many people send us books, multiple copies of books. I do give books away to, to the local library and things. We have so many books here. Maybe one day we'll just do like a big giveaway on the locals community and just, I have signed copies of a gajillion things and I just don't have room for everything. 
Uh, Storm says, non-political, who was your favorite Transformer? Mine was Generation One Optimus Prime and my brother's was Generation One Soundwave. Well, Storm, I've got Generation One Soundwave. This is my Soundwave from childhood right here. I'm gonna transform him right in front of you because I still can do it without a flaw. Now, I do have to show you one thing. His head has disconnected from his body. So I'm going to, here's Soundwave's head. I'm just gonna put that down for just a moment. I'm going to transform Soundwave. Look, his, he's a little, as I said, he's old. This is from like 84, 85. His, uh, his little cassette just popped open there. Uh, we are going to transform Soundwave. Obviously, you get the legs out first. You bust out the feet. You're gonna take out the arms. You're gonna get the hands down, okay? And then there you go, and now you've got, you've got Soundwave right there. That's his head. I should glue that back on. We should glue Soundwave's head on here. I'll just hold that right there. There is Soundwave for you, and if you press the button and it's not working as well because it's a little busted, you're gonna open up the cassette player, and who do we have here? That's right, we've got Ravage the Panther, okay? So yes, Soundwave was my favorite. I also loved Starscream, uh, who was the plane, obviously, and he was always getting into a fight with Megatron, and he was voiced by the same guy who voiced uh, Cobra Commander in the G.I. Joe cartoon. Oh, and as long as I'm busting out cartoons and speaking to G.I. Joe, I've got my old school uh, Storm Shadow right here, as you can see, as what happened with most Transformers of the day, his crotch is completely blown out. It was just a, a design flaw. I mean, he was having a good time, but it was just a de design flaw in the, in the toys. And I've got my original Boba Fett right here. That is the original Boba Fett. When Michael saw this, uh, he started freaking out because apparently there is a Boba Fett that you could have got around probably 82 or so, that the rocket, there was a button and the rocket would actually shoot out and that thing's worth like 10 grand right now. This is just regular old Boba Fett. So there's Boba Fett and he hangs out with Storm Shadow and, uh, and Ravage and Soundwave in a little box. And it's, and it's on the set, by the way, we keep, it, we keep it right over there. All right, people, I think we did a little bit of everything. We did some politics, we did some family life, we did some culture and some TV. It was a wide swath of information today. Hope you enjoyed it. By the way, a lot of people commented, you know, I was a little, I was a little dour yesterday. I was a little sort of more agitated than usual. And I felt kind of weird, like the, the show wrapped and I was like, man, like, is this shit getting to me? And you know, usually, and I think probably one of the main reasons you guys come to me for this stuff is that I, I don't leave you feeling worse. And I do try to put a positive spin on some of this stuff. And I don't think politics is everything. So I do think we will be okay and all of that stuff. And I think this is just the story of humans that has been told a million times before and will be told a million times again. And it's a headache now because of social media and everything else. Um, but I was like kind of banged up after the show yesterday. I was just like, man, just one stupid story after the other and they're just destroying everything and, and there's just so much crap all the time. And then I did jump in the comments and, and I was reading what everybody said on Locals and it was like a lot of you sort of appreciated the, the honesty in it that, you know, for as, as sort of pleasant as I can deliver some of this stuff that, you know, I'm just a human too, so. Uh, I appreciate your uh, feelings about my feelings. Um, I'm having an illegal dinner party tonight. Don't tell anybody. Uh, if you wanna perhaps see some insider pictures, join us at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, part two of my interview with Fox News host Dana Perino is up on YouTube right now and the full episode is already up ad-free over on Locals. Oh, and tomorrow we're uh, doing a Friday panel because it's Friday and that's what we do on Fridays, the Friday panel. 
because it would be odd if we did the Friday panel on Wednesdays. Uh, and we're gonna be talking about COVID and just general health. Because you know, one of the things is we're now finding out that body mass index and obesity and diabetes and a bunch of other health issues and comorbidities had far more to do with the people that died with COVID than just COVID itself. Uh, so we're gonna have three people on to discuss. Max Lugavere, who's been on the show before, Gina Florio and Dr. Jay Bhattacharya uh, will all be on the show. I will promise to pronounce his name better tomorrow once we have him on the show. Uh, and we're gonna sort of unpack what some of the actual science is behind some of this stuff, and I'm sure we'll talk about lockdowns. And the rest of it, uh, okay, I got a hectic day, so enjoy it, everybody. Get out there, have fun, be free, and I'll see you tomorrow.